We'll take our text from Luke chapter 12, verse 16 to 21. And I'll read also Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14 to 17. Luke chapter 12, 16. And he he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns, and build greater, and these will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then Whose shall these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Ephesians chapter 5, 14 to 17. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou sleepest, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that, that, that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Verse 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I guess we can see from both biblical accounts, they present opportunities. The Luke account presents, in a sense, for the rich man, a kind of investment opportunity, and he also had a spiritual opportunity, one he blew, one he took advantage of. The investment opportunity was to kind of grow his business, and he had the spirit of entrepreneurship, and we could see how that was. But unfortunately, it was at the expense of his spiritual opportunity. If we look in Ephesians, the Ephesians account also presents opportunities um, to the Ephesian church. This was Paul, who was kind of, you know, after, you know, teaching them a lot of divine truths, he was kind of summarizing here and kind of saying, awaken the church to some spiritual awakening, if you like, to spiritual growth and continuity. So opportunities are things we are very familiar with. Perhaps maybe in the workplace you have growth opportunities. And I remember very well, I mean, it was around about 2007, 2008. I was, we were actually, not me, my wife, I guess. We were kind of in the middle of um, kind of not remortgaging, buying a new house. And we had to um, be a big, sorry, we were selling one property to buy another one, and the equity we had on that one enabled me to use that fund for something. And we, I kind of thought that perhaps maybe this might be used for some kind of training, which was valuable for me in the sense that it helped my career prospects. So normally these opportunities provide us something of value. 
So creating value from opportunities is something we're very, very familiar with. And when we talk about value, we're talking about something of importance, something of worth, something that's useful, something that um, will kind of yield dividends, if you like. And you would agree with me that camp meeting provides opportunities for us. The thing about opportunities is it is not forced. You can't force opportunities on people. It's something that creates itself, and we could take advantage of it in one way or the other. I mean, one of the things, just, just reminiscing on just the last few days, I guess we're coming to the end of week one of camp meeting, and if we look at the insightful Bible teachers on its own, we've listened to sound doctrine. I remember when Brad Jack was talking about um, the, the issue about just analyzing First John 3 and 9 about, um, you know, he that is born of God sinneth not. And the, the way all the you know, if you like, maybe perhaps maybe churches, of course we're not judging churches here, the way they will present that or interpret that and the fact that we could get some soundness of the word of God and we thank God for that. We, we've listened to Christian fellowship and, and we, we kind of, we were excited the fact that we can establish fellowship with God the Father, with the Holy Trinity and when we establish that vertical fellowship, there's what we call horizontal fellowship and that's what we've enjoyed with each other even in 20 nations coming together different ethnic groups, different backgrounds, whatever, and just enjoying fellowship. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great? That is something we've, we've enjoyed and, and we, we we, 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 this morning was beautiful, wasn't it? Buy the truth and sell it not. And, and I'm sure a lot of us are, are actually in that marketplace doing some purchasing. And we pray that um, even tonight we're going to purchase more of that truth. And may God really bless our soul for that. It, it, it's been wonderful. Even the music concert. I mean, I, I, I watched that music concert and I remembered way back in the UK that this is a royal Albert Hall performance standard. It was just beautiful. Uh, of course, you know, when it comes to the gospel, these, these are, you know, holy lips. These are consecrated souls, talented musicians, you know, giving their praise and worship to the God and using their instruments to glorify God. That's the difference, but it's such a quality. And we know that the Holy Spirit, you know, God was lifted up and by God's grace, both online and participants here, I'm sure souls have been drawn unto God. That is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our sight. I mean, and I, I remember very well, was, was it John, Bar- John Barros was telling us about, you know, the imitation the world does. And, you know, when, while he was talking, I remember in the workplace, in my work and many workplaces, the attempts we use like um, seven leadership, for example. Of course, we know that's epitomizing the Bible. The whole thing is to be able to derive some kind of value in the workplace. But we thank God that we've got the real deal. The gospel has got the real deal. The gospel has got everything. When you talk about equality, diversity, and inclusion, as far as the gospel is concerned, it's organic. It's just there. That is the value we get in the gospel. It's not something we try and get to some training courses or, you know, try and, you know, whip it all up in some form or shape. It's just organic. It just exists. And we thank God for that. I mean, I, I thank God for the privilege some of us, you know, maybe be it maybe in the security where we're part of that personnel. We enjoy fellowship, don't we? Some of us work in the restaurant. Just mingling together is great fellowship. Just mingling. The young people are hanging out together, having great 
good fellowship. I mean, I was opportuned, my wife and I, we had some kind of hanging out with the young people yesterday night, just having ice cream trees. I mean, it amazes me in America, we don't have many options like you do. So what do you want? I didn't have a clue what those different things were. I said, okay, I'll go for Earl Grey because I recognize that tea. Earl Grey blueberry. That was yummy. I thought it was a healthy option anyway. It was quite yummy, actually. So that is what we're enjoying. It's good Christian fellowship. These are opportunities that present themselves in this, this great gospel. And we thank God for, for unction preaching. And we just sat down. We're just soaking it all in, you know, taking it all in. And as we've done that, they present opportunities. But we want to get value from those opportunities. We want to get something of worth. Something, and, and Brother Larry's testimony gives us where you get value. We got, I mean, I remember the scripture that, that talks about, um, you, you know, the, the, the scripture that talks about, you know, when, when they, they, they may be maltreated, but um, don't worry, just bear it, because there's going to be a day of visitation. That person's maltreating one day, they remember that godly life they've seen, as he saw the godly life of his grandmother or grandfather, somehow he brought him to the gospel. And he met that day of visitation. Those are the opportunities, and I'm sure it led to Christ. It led him to Christ in such a marvelous way. And, and we, we, we I, I just thought that it's time to just really just um, take a seat back, reminisce a little bit, reflect on the week, and think, have we actually got value of the opportunities that's presented to us? I mean, I believe the best is yet to come. There's still more coming, more coming over the coming days and next week, but the Lord is going to bless us. He's going to give us um, a great blessing by his grace. Now, looking back into that account um, of um, the Luke account, this is um, about the parable of the rich fool. They said his ground yielded plentifully. He was already blessed, and then he decided to break it all down and bring up something new and to be able to make money. And then it was all about I, me, me, me. He made lots of money. He made lots of, um, um, you, you, you know, lo- lo- lots of money, lots of profit. But the Bible said that he was rich toward himself, but not rich toward God. That was the problem. That was why he was called a fool. And may we not be fools. May we be able to take stock. And, you know, it's amazing, really, because that account in Luke, it all happened when someone among the company that was listening to Jesus came to Jesus and said, look, my inheritance, I want it shared between my brother. Come and help us, even a betrayer, to do that. But rather than answer him directly, he knew that there was a covetous spirit somewhere, and he went to the real deal. It's about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he went straight to the main thing that matters most, and he gave the parable of the rich man, uh, of the rich fool, if you like. And somehow, the end point of that is, it's important that we actually reach toward God. And when we look at the society in which we live in, it's very slapdash. It's very much, there's an urgency to make a living. There's an urgency to really, you know, kind of be t- on the top of your game. But we want to actually compare that urgency with the importance of divine truth. Right. The importance of prioritizing our soul beyond all that. Right. 
And if there's one thing we need to do from this camp meeting, one thing I need to do is to get my priorities right. And as we get our priorities right, the Lord will bless us. And the fact that we can be in a place focused for two weeks, doing nothing but focusing on the Lord. Why not? Let's take advantage of the opportunity and get maximum value from it. And as we do that, the Lord is sure to bless us in such a, a wonderful way, in such a marvelous way, and the Lord will do that for us. Uh, I mean, you're going, as we link that into the account in Ephesians, he said, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. It's very possible we've heard the word of God and somehow through the Holy Spirit that is searching, going through, you know, dividing us on that, if you know what I mean, that powerful word, we might be feeling, he might be saying we're sleeping, that we need to wake up. And may God help us to take opportunity, advantage of the opportunity and get value from it, that we may wake up. And from that, he says, wake up and arise from the dead. Because we want to walk in the light, don't we? I said, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly. You know, it's almost like we're sitting back, taking stock and saying, where have I gone it wrong? I want to go back. He says, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Redeeming the time. It's like take advantage of these opportunities. Take stock. Reprioritize. How do we want to use our time henceforth? Are we going to, is it going to be 20, 80, 20 percent, you know, spiritual, time for spiritual, 80 on our own work? Is it going to be 50, 50, going to 64? Of course, the Holy Spirit will interpret that to us and allow us to do that. But we need to prioritize God more than that because the days are evil. I, I, I mean, when Sister Josephine was preaching this morning, talking about, you know, um, and gender, <clears throat> gender types, all those different terms. If you check the different, you talk about, you know, um, A gender, B gender, you know, you, you, B gender, cisgender, you know, they talk about gender, gender neutral, gender expression, gender whatever. It's all the gender variant. That's the world we live in now. If we're not fortified, if we are not really fortified, the days are evil. They will catch upon upon us. It says, understanding the will of God. We want, it said, be not unwise. We want to take time during this calm meeting to really soak in as much as we can. We understand. We want to understand God's will. We want to go with it, build on it. So Josephine was admonishing us this morning. It's about this is not the time to miss Bible study. If God can help us, you know, we've got different routes now. I mean, they call it route in the U.S., sorry. We call it route in the U.K. Um, different routes to it. It might be online. It might be face-to-face. Whichever one, the Lord has given us those different options. Take advantage. Let's do the best we can. We need to soak in much. Otherwise, the world will catch up on us. The enemy, the evil, the evil one is mustering its efforts. We know the time of the Antichrist is very near. It's very near. When you talk about generative AI, for example, got lots of advantages, but the enemy is round the corner to use it also. We talk about chat, um, you know, um, um, GPT, for example. This, all these things, artificial intelligence, they have potential for, to improve our humanity, you know, to, to improve our, you know, things for us in, in, in life. But at the same time, they've got potential for the enemy to use. So we should watch out for all this. But the only way we can survive this is to fortify ourselves. We need to be fortified. 
and camp meeting, the fact that we can come out, spend two weeks away from our work, away from school, focusing on God. To t- we can have a lot of take home that will build us for the time to come. For the weeks and months and year, maybe perhaps maybe until just Christ tarries, if just Christ tarries until the next camp meeting or perhaps maybe until our own camp meetings at our various locations. But let's take full advantage of that. And God is going to bless us in such a mighty way. The days are really evil indeed. Um, you know, as, as, I, as, as I said before, there are people who took advantages of opportunities. When you look at someone like Saul of Tarsus, this was a guy that, um, as it were, he was investing in something he thought was the truth. He was investing his whole life in being religious but not godly. You know, not understanding, being zeal, but without, uh, you know, having a form of godliness without knowledge. But somehow, when he got to that road of Damascus, that when that light shone upon him, that was his opportunity. He took advantage of it. He was wonderfully saved. He was wonderfully used. Look at the thief on the cross. You know, that opportunity, just that dialogue with Jesus Christ, seeing, seeing the godly life of Jesus, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And he thought that today remember me. That was his opportunity. He took advantage of it. We've got lots of opportunities, both young and old. Young people, children, there are opportunities during this camp meeting. There's going to be so much of the word. Tomorrow is going to be youth concert. There's going to be a lot of beautiful music. That's another opportunity. Let's take full advantage. Let him minister our soul. Let's really soak. Do everything we can. Because when we go out there, it's harsh. Out there is harsh. Out there is harsh. But we need to bind together. We want to move like a mighty army. You know, one thing I love about this, uh, sorry, I mean, I, I'm someone that, that um, kind of I analyze, I read things, I kind of think. I remember in 2019 when we came, uh, I, when Daryl gave the minister's meeting, I thought this is a globalized agenda. And I thought there is nothing as beautiful for us as a body of Christ to feel together. That oneness, to feel one part of that great team, that body of Christ. He said, all one body we. And I, I was excited about it. I was really excited. And I believe as we continue to fuse together, we become such a mighty army. And the Lord is going to strengthen us. You, you know, opportunities, there's a saying that says opportunities once lost can never be regained, cannot be regained. I, I, I remember there was a young, young, young boy, young, young, a, a, a young, young, he's a boy, young man, young man, let's put it that way. In, in, in the UK, in, 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 in my local branch, that we, we kind of saw God working in his life in a way. He wasn't saved, but he started attending youth Bible study, was kind of regular in church, etc. And we kind of felt that God is moving. It was last year when they went for youth camp, I started praying. This is why I said opportunities are not forced. There are things you, when you watch, you pray. And you just follow the prompting. And as we pray, we just see God working. And before you can finish, he got saved. He was wonderfully saved. That's why he took advantage of the opportunity of youth camp. And that is wonderful. That is gracious. I mean, I, I, I can't, but always remember my son. I mean, maybe in about a couple of weeks now, it'll be two years since he passed on. But when, you know, a few months to his passing on, we both had opportunities. He had the opportunity. I had an opportunity. I was praying. This was someone in deep pain. I can't. It wasn't the time. Yes, I wanted him to be saved. But God said, you can't force it upon him. 
No. You've got to wait for that moment. I just kept praying. And I remember that phone call I received from my wife. It was during pandemic. She was in hospital. I was at home. There was limited time I could go there. And he said, your son wants to speak to you. Someone wants to speak to you. Picked up the phone. Dad, I need you now. And I went straight to the, the you know, straight to the, um, to the hospital. Sat down and said, Dad, would you pray with me? I really need the Lord. I want to get saved. That was an opportunity. And he was gloriously saved. It, it was wonderful. The opportunity he had, he utilized the one I had for me to lead my son to Christ. What can be as great as that? Not in a forceful way, but in a way where the Holy Spirit was working. It was marvelous. And over the, I remember, you know, I was thinking, how do I help him grow in grace while he's going through pain? And, and, and the Lord God just led me. Speak to Brother Bill, because we, we do speak. I, and I said, Brother Bill, I know you've worked with young people for years, etc. You, you've got a lot of experience. I, I, what can I do to really enable Samuel to, in his own way, while I do the bits I can do for him to go? And he recommended, I think there were a few books um, by, by a very good Christian author. And there was one, he said, where is God when it hurts? When Samuel read through that book, we both read it, it was so touching, he began to blossom spiritually. He began to really grow. The growth he experienced in grace, it, it beat my wildest imagination. Isn't this the same, my same son? He towered within a few months. And I remember when the Lord said he was to go. He just said, look, I, I'm not worried anymore. An 18-year-old boy. Because he took advantage of the opportunity to be rich toward God is marvelous. It is great. It is glorious. I remember he told me I'm even worried by my mom. Because, you know, my wife, I was worried too. This is our only son, our only child, and a mother. And he said, then we sat down together. And he said, don't worry. Okay, what do we do? And he died in July about a month before he wrote, he decided to write something down, just telling his mom, don't worry. Mom, it'll be fine. We'll meet in heaven. Amen. It'll be all okay. And when you're rich toward God, the possibilities are enormous. How God ministers to you, the transformation you go through when you follow it through is enormous. And Believe me, when he passed on, after I hid it away, couldn't show my wife, after he passed on, wondering how am I going to console my wife? Of course, I was grieving too. And the Lord just said, after a couple of days, bring it out. Show him and the recording. And that really calmed my wife down. These are opportunities that we can take advantage of. You know, the Lord is coming. The world is on fire. He said, don't you want God's bosom to be your pillow? Don't you want to hide under that rock of ages? I tell you, let's not misuse this time. I, I remember there's a value in the atonement. He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Isn't that a double cure? He will save us and sanctify us. And it will also fill us with the Holy Ghost on fire. That is the God we serve. I think the point is, I just thought, let's, it's a time of reflection. We're taking so much in. This evening, let's reflect. Don't leave camp. Sorry, I'm not forcing you. If you know God is winning you, if you go back, 
and you don't take advantage of it, go back outside camp, the enemy may come as a flood. And some people may miss their chance forever. So while the spirit is wooing, let's take advantage. Young people, take advantage. Adults alike, take advantage. The Holy Spirit is working in this great camp. And I just want to implore you, take value of this opportunity. It can lead to great value. And when you are saved, when you're transformed, when we're, it's a time to dig deeper. It's a time to be fully consecrated. It's a time to give all to the Lord. And the Lord bless us as we sing the closing song. The altar is open.